This is the Unearthing Art Podcast with Michelle Luminato and Beck Lee, where we dig into the messy reality of making art that matters, raw and real conversations about being an artist, navigating the creative process, and expressing our honest and sometimes weird selves. Michelle, one of the things that I, one of the many things I love about doing the podcast is that it surfaces a lot of uh, ideas and thinking that you might not even be aware that you're having until you find yourself saying it out loud into yeah, the microphone. Yeah. Um, and in the last episode, we were talking about copycat artists and it kind of led us down the path of talking a bit more about the idea of an artist's style. And I found myself saying some things that on reflection afterwards, I realized was really different to how I thought about it a year ago. So mm. in the intervening year, I've been working a lot on my process in your Origin Art membership, and I think it's really changed the way I think about this idea of having a style, what an artist's style is. It seems like a lot of people are searching for their style. That's one of the common kind of challenges that artists talk about. I'm trying to find my style. I'm not sure what my style is. So I just wanted to really dig in. Yeah, I would be, I would love to know, like, if you think back about a year, year and a half, maybe even two years ago, what what were you thinking? I think that when I was, felt like I was struggling in the studio and and how I would describe that is maybe in retrospect just called being in the studio and being an artist. But what I perceived at the time <laughs> as being a real struggle um, what I thought was the solution, what I thought I was looking for that would help with this feeling of being lost or like I was pushing paint around without a purpose, I would have classified my problem as not being settled on a, on a style, having not found that one style that was going to sort of define me, that I could really dig into an artist and that was going to be the thing that I could explore for mm -hmm. a long time. Mm -hmm. And that's shifted, it sounds like. Yeah. Before we talk about how it shifted, I was kind of interested to, to go into that a little bit more because I think this could be one of those situations where we all use this term, an artist style, looking for yeah. my style. You know, I see, you know, things on Instagram, how to find your artist style is really popular. I think, let's start by saying what I think people in general, are thinking about when they say, I need to find my style, I'm not sure what my style is, how do I find my style? I think that they are talking about quite a narrow visual representation, which they feel is necessary in order to be something that's recognisably theirs. And mm -hmm. I mean like uh, a colour palette that doesn't shift wildly a certain style in brush strokes or materials that doesn't shift wildly or widely, possibly, you know, the genre or yeah. subject matter. So they're abstract or they're floral or their um, landscape and how they treat that. Yeah, so it becomes something that is almost like if you were going to do a collection of work for a specific exhibition on a theme, except that becomes what the style is that that person feels that they're then going to be doing 
Locked for the rest in. of their artistic in, life. Yeah. So what do you think? So what I was interested in, because I know we often, when we get into these really kind of basic definitions, we're surprised to discover that we think entirely different things or that when, when you're talking about an artist style, what do you think if you're speaking to someone and they say, Michelle, I'm really looking to discover my artist style. Can you help me do that? Yeah. What do you, how do you come at that? What yeah, do you think it's interesting because from my earlier days, I ha- I definitely even knowing my marketing background and my product creation background, I even came into painting kind of feeling that it's almost like for me, it was this desperation of like hang something to hang on to that I could sink my teeth in rather than like, am I, you know, landscape and my flowers i always knew i was an abstract artist i felt that in my bones Mm -hmm. but i did feel this sense of what can i sink my teeth in that's me you know what what would that look like and i think from a marketing standpoint i can see where people can from the outside sort of look at that and say well it looks like people are buying this style of painting and so there is some kind of buying patterns people see through that, um, you know, lens of, oh, you know, landscapes are popular, flowers are popular, abstract are popular. And so I think those kind of things can get lumped in Even into well. like certain color palettes yes. or certain looks, like if it's a loose look or a more defined geometric yeah. look or, yeah. so there's a lot of, um, I think, elements it, that when people think of, oh, this style, they look at a number of elements within a work and want them to be consistent like there's a consistency yeah when they compare yeah and i i do think from a buyer's perspective they are looking for somewhat of a predictability of what you're about i don't know if they're looking for predictability in marks or color that like the way that we think they might be but they're Mm. looking for continuity in the artist being who they are does that make sense Mm -hmm. So it does, but I would love to dig into that a little more. So you said that they're looking for consistency in the artist being who they are. Yeah. Is that what you said? In, yeah. In- I used to think that a buyer of mine who liked, say, my geometrics would not like my yeah. sculpture work. That's not true. And that's where I say they're not necessarily looking for like only one point of view for me they're looking for my point of view so that's what i'm saying about that that's what i thought you meant but i think it's important to spell it out because when you say that certainly you could interpret uh that someone looking for consistency in who you are is to mean that immediately translate that back to okay well then there has to be a visual consistency in a way and there is but it's a lot wider than we think. Yeah. I can't tell you, and I, and I think we've talked about this before and you must have come across this before as well, teaching Michelle. I can't tell you the number of times I've been speaking with artists in different, whether it's like friends, whether it's in like groups, in, in artist communities where artists will post um, a series of paintings and say, I'm, you know, working on this little collection and, and it, you know, I've been working on it over six months because it's it could be 20 paintings or what have you. 
And when I started, I have a few that are like this and they show you the, the picture. And then I developed a bit more, did some exploration and then I've sort of gone a little bit more down this path and then I have some paintings like this. And, they, and they're wildly different. What am I going to do? I can't possibly put these two paintings together on a wall. And honestly... You're like, they're related. They're related. You can certainly say oh, I can clearly see that's still you painting that, like quite beyond what you're talking about, which yeah. is a much more an essential thing. But even within a single collection, you know, there can just be an echo of certain shapes or an echo of certain things. But somehow it appears to be that maybe it's a looking at our own work thing and maybe it's because we know what's gone on behind the scenes we think there are these huge differences in style, which to an outside observer just they can't. It's not see that it. different. And I think we really <laughs> underestimate. We're so close to it, and I definitely have seen this. I mean, but the point mm -hmm. that I think everyone feels that—that's that's a common yeah. thing. I think that um, we come through in our work more than we think. I have just recently shown my dad's paintings. Um, for those of you who've heard the earlier podcast, you'll know my dad has been an inspiration for me because he was a painter way before I was. And I bought him his first set of paints. Well, not his first set, but as an adult, he was like, I think I'm going to get into painting. So I bought him a set and he went to town and he started painting. And I was always like, wow, that's really cool. And always admired his discipline to just get in there and do things. And long story short, um, that really was an inspiration for me to painting, to really connect with him through painting um, since he's passed away. And so I recently shared in my stories some of his paintings um, that he probably would have considered his practice paintings. And he had done several styles, as in he had flowers, he had um, landscape, he had Native American beadwork, he had portraits. I mean, he had a huge range of things that he was playing with and testing. And what I find really interesting is because he even said to me back then, I remember him saying, like, I got to find my style. And to be honest, like now he him painting Native American portraits and beadwork, that was his thing. But he didn't necessarily know how to find those people who were interested in that. But when I look at his body of work, every single painting has him in it. Every single one. Mm -hmm. And so it wasn't about, is it a flower or is it a portrait? It was about him evolving and showing how he sees, you know, through his paintings. So I think it's there. And you'd said something actually after we stopped recording last week because we continued the conversation a little bit because we find it hard to stop. We were talking more about what is it with this this style, this idea of having a style, and you made some comments about some of the really big artists that you admire or that you see out there, like um, Hurst, I think you were talking oh, about. Oh, yeah, Damien Hurst, yeah, the way that he's so, I mean, look at his contrasting work polka dots and animals dead animals yeah <laughs> i mean it's so different you know but yet it's still his work and he doesn't seem to be bothered yeah. by it <laughs> that it's different you know yeah 
He's not worrying about, well, you know, last year I did a collection of dead animals. Yes. Um, and so now I have to continue doing that. Otherwise, no one will want to buy my work. Right, right. <laughs> Although, you know, we are talking about big yes. names. But isn't it interesting? I think it's interesting. It can be like a cut before the horse situation. We get into this idea, well, it's one thing to talk about, you know, big names like that. People buy their work, those, those big artists, for the name. They can get away with doing anything. That's one way of looking at it. Another way of looking at it is as an artist, how are you going to make a name for yourself, be distinctive, stand out, if you're so locked into this idea that you have to keep doing the same thing over and yeah, over again? For me, it would be death. I mean, honestly, it, it just would be too painful to repeat myself um, I can't even imagine living as an artist doing that because it just, I feel like it would be like Groundhog Day. You know, you wake up and you're like, it's just, yeah, it wouldn't be the way I want to live. So I, I feel like what happens for me is I paint, I paint what's painting. Like I do paint work, you know, that I am making to market. So sometimes, sometimes I actually take a lot of risk in those, even though people probably would behind the scenes would think you're crazy just don't be so risky but i find that that in that moment it feels super risky and then once it's all put together it doesn't feel that risky so it's really interesting um for me to have that be part of the like my normal sort of if you would if you want to call a process the production process of me okay i'm ready to make more of these i'm going to put more out there larger size it's, it's for me, it's always a risk. So when you're talking about it being risky, are you talking about like when you're working in the studio, you're always like trying something a little bit yes. different? Like tweaking, tweaking even within, even little even tweaks. within a set of work. So even though you're kind of in and you're exploring, like you've made a big leap um, in the last, I, I was about to say recently, but I mean, it's, it's been um, ongoing for a little while. <laughs> it, it's been happening yeah. for a year, for, you know, every year or more. Um, but you are working on this particular sculptural work at the moment and you're working at, as you say, making those bigger, but even within that, you're not now saying, and this is a, a I'm genuinely curious. You're not there going, okay, I've locked in this this sort of sculptural style. Now I'm just going to repeat that for like 20 paintings and then I'll think about doing something different. You're always maybe little bit little bit more, a little yeah, bit more. Yeah, maybe other maybe I'm crazy. I mean, I could be crazy. We don't know. But I do find <laughs> I do find we, we don't, don't know. know. We don't have an official <laughs> diagnosis. I just find that I just get so much insight from small little risks that sometimes could be just to like I went and did mixing some really for me crazy colors as in colors that I don't mm -hmm. normally use I was trying to do something and of course it didn't work it came out differently um, and I was like oh my gosh what a bomb that didn't work and then of course I let it dry and I was like oh not so bad that's not as scary as I thought typical <laughs> but I guess for me yeah. I find that I can grow, evolve my work. Like I really do believe my work evolves. Um, like I know when something's 
worth kind of like, oh, that worked, that worked well. I always wait till it's finished. Like, like I said, when I put the paint down, it doesn't always work, but then I let it dry, step back from it, get in perspective. Um, and then once it's completely finished, then I look and say, could I pull that forward or do I want to tweak again a little bit? Like, what else could I think about? So it could be mm. specifically around color, um, could be how I handle shapes, um, could be how I handle the scale of things. Um, I'm just, I think I'm always in this constant improving process with every painting, even if it's just the little tiniest bits. You just mentioned improvement. Yeah. Right. And that's one of the things that we've been talking about between ourselves a little bit and kind of pulling the threads mm -hmm. out of that because there's this improvement and there's evolution. Right. And so I think it's super interesting that you use that word there. And there's probably not a, a sharp dividing line between the two, but there's maybe this idea yeah. that you can improve a certain work a piece of work or a collection of work and you can take an idea that you've got and and continue to develop it and in doing so improve it deepen it perhaps simplify it perhaps express it you know it, it kind of elevate the expression of that mm -hmm. idea and then there's evolution which i think has a a longer time scale and that's where I think you have these more distinctive so-called styles where you might transition mm. as a, a painter or an artist and I've seen I'm not sure how much of this is out in for the world to see Michelle but being um, inside your membership you have shown us uh, mm. work of yours from the you know from the beginning yeah. or I guess it's about seven yeah. years or something now and we have seen from that that there are at, at least three that I can bring to mind straight away maybe I'd say four actually evolutions of work each of which were successful mm -hmm. um you know commercially successful you were selling you created a body of that they they kind of were explored fully not just experiments right. in the studio is yeah. what i'm getting at um where you could look at each one of those and say that's quite distinct yeah. from the other because when you're in there saying that you're doing improvements to the the kind of work that you're doing i imagine knowing mm -hmm. you and because i know you that if you were as part of that development to have a kind of a breakout discovery, mm -hmm. <laughs> um, maybe something that verged a little more into the evolution than just the improvement yeah. of an existing idea. Knowing you, I imagine you yeah, yeah, and you'd definitely. jump on it. You wouldn't go, oh, no, this is a bit too different from what I'm supposed to be focusing on. Let, let me pull myself back no. into line. You're an adventure girl. Yeah, for me, it's like a little pocket of things that kind of move forward Then I can actually go. And if I discover those mm -hmm. through my little baby experiments, I put those aside to kind of revisit. So I definitely keep an open, open plan to, yeah, definitely discovering. In fact, I was doing some stuff yesterday and I was like, oh, this could be cool. I could try this. Like there was something that I hadn't really considered to do so soon, but 
it was kind of an idea that I had thought of a while back, but I found a way to integrate it. And also the other thing that I really do, and I don't know how many people do this, but I look at my studio challenges as a opportunity. So like, for instance, I don't have a huge space right now, and I really would love big space. Like, who doesn't want big space? But I have some challenges for my process because of the space. And so I have to get really creative with how I can make bigger work in a really different way. You know, it's not as simple mm -hmm. as as I would like it to be. Let's put it that way. And so instead of me going, oh, I don't have this. I don't have this. How can I do this? I guess I can't do this. I look at it and think, well, what could I do? What do I have? And I'm constantly coming up with new ideas on how to evolve my work or improve it, whatever you want to call it, to actually solve a problem that I have. And mm -hmm. that mm -hmm. drives a lot of what I'm doing as well. And then that kind of surfaces interesting solutions yes. or ideas, which can be that like outliers yes. or I guess it is a bit like a Darwin evolutionary idea in that you have these strange yes. mutations and some of them yes. take and then you doff down a different evolutionary path. Because I, again, am aware of um, other artists saying, and I can point to points in my own process where I've done this, where they're working in a particular style, mm -hmm. let's say, and maybe they've been doing that work over a period and had a few collections and then notice that they have these kind of outlier pieces of work pop up. Mm -hmm. You know, things things come up. Maybe they had a, a, a play one day and something unusual appeared on the canvas. In my example, when we were working through um, our inspiration process and, and our discovery process in, the, in Origin Art and I was doing a lot of experimental stuff that you were encouraging me to, um, I had been very much avoiding black in my artwork mm -hmm. up to a particular point. And then I discovered in all these inspiration pieces that I was gathering, there was a few standout, very contrasty elements. And so I got some white paper and black ink and I went a little crazy <laughs> for a little while. Like I, I just loved it. But I remember saying to you, none of this makes sense in terms of what I think I'm trying to do. I'm over here with these blue and um, higher value type works that are very airy. There is no place yeah. in those for this dark, for these dark lines and big black brushstrokes. But in a way I was fighting yeah. with myself because I'm thinking there's no room. So instead of like what, I just want to highlight the differences in in the two points of view. So instead of I think what you how you would describe in your process, which would be to say, look at this interesting stuff popping up. Let me explore it with you. I know you would you would not kind no. of ignore it. Whereas myself and I know others. I really know other people who have been through this would say. Instead of looking at, literally, instead of turning their gaze to what's that interesting thing, what's that interesting thing, what can I explore, zeroed in on the particular path that they're on and saying, don't let me, don't let me be distracted by, don't yeah. let me be distracted by. And they block 
those variations off. And I so look. How can there be yeah, evolution in that? That's the thing. I don't like. For me, if I don't look at those things, there is no evolution. There is no improvement, and that's mm. what my art is all around doing because that's what stimulates me. That's what I really like. So I, before it became kind of intuitive, what I used to do and I think I've mentioned this before, is I would literally take Friday and I would take, you know, one day of the week and I would take an hour where I would allow myself and give myself permission to just do things that made no sense to what I was working on whatsoever. And I know that sounds a bit silly, but that was kind of... I know. I can hear people thinking that's not it's, productive. It was, that's not. I- it, I've got the to do list. I had the to do list too, <laughs> but I also knew if I didn't take time to do that, I would be stuck. I would feel really blocked mm-hmm. because I hadn't really gotten to that place where I felt like myself yet. So I knew there was still stuff to discover, and so I wanted to make sure that I didn't abandon that. Like. I'm so focused on my mission, you know, and I think that it's like, Mm -hmm. doesn't matter if my work sells or not. My mission is to enjoy my studio practice, see myself in my studio practice, you know, have moments where I just feel this like, you know, awaken like, ah, there I am. You know, it's, it's for me, it's, it's the thrill. And that's always been my number one reason why I paint, um, because it just brings me so Mm -hmm. much joy. So for me to just focus on like, oh, I just have to get this done and not have any fun and play with weird stuff. Like it's, yeah, doesn't exist. So now what's kind of cool is because the weird stuff is the stuff that um, works for me, I really let that come in on a regular basis. And, And I'm scared just like you, believe me, when I'm taking those risks, I'm like, what are you doing of a painting to finish? So it's not that I'm, you know, uh, superwoman Superwoman? or immune to feeling vulnerable and stupid and like that was a bad idea that was a waste of time that was a waste of materials like I have all those same feelings um I suppose for me I know that there is no reward without the risk but I also know that when I'm in that middle of the risk and it feels so like, oh, this is really a bad idea. Usually it's not a bad idea. Usually it dries better than I think. I guess what I also think about when you were talking about evolving and you know how there's like definite distinctive evolution in my work. What's funny is I don't really look at it like that, even though that's what happens. I look at it more of how could I improve on a problem, and again, I'm going back to this problem and some of the work like yeah. that I feel, I don't want to talk about it too much because I know Beck has seen stuff and some of the people listening to this won't really have that context. But some of the work I got to a point and I was like, I just don't think that would look good big. And so I would, that was like, so there mm-hmm. were certain things that happened where it didn't feed me to that next level that I was looking for. You know, or. Mm. But you didn't stop yeah. at that point and say, but everyone knows that Michelle Luminato makes this kind of painting. I can't possibly right. change that now. And like you had some quite distinctive, what one yes. could say are styles, which were, as you, I think we have talked about before, 
um, you know, being yeah. sold yeah. and placed in beautiful homes, but that yeah. didn't hold you back from from evolving. And I think creating work, which with each, um, I can see with each development, you are more and more mm-hmm. proud of and feel like it's more and more expressing something that's very mm-hmm. authentic and like resonant. Something like it, it feels like it's become more and more. Closer yeah. to your heart each time, something really yes. sort of raw. Yes, definitely. There. And I think, I don't know if this is going to make sense to anyone, but because of my product experience background, I also have a little bit of a different perspective on how I approach my product creation. And that's something that I haven't talked about, um, which we'll be talking more about in Origin Art, which is a minimal viable product. Um, product creation mm-hmm. in other other industries, they have these minimal viable products that they create. Um, and so I guess for me as an artist, because we, we can't really make samples, you know, to test it, like in the shoe industry, mm. they make a sample, they look to see if that worked, they kind of shop it around. We don't have that luxury, we just make it and then it's like it works or it doesn't, you know, but I also mm-hmm. would recognize how far I could take that evolution and and feeling that sense of like, does this feel complete? Could I stay here? You know, I always have looked at that. And when I mean stay here, like, is there enough for me to evolve it in a way that would be fun and exploratory that would give me a lifespan of work? It's really interesting because there's two what may seem like contradictory ideas here, which you talk about and I've heard you talk about. On one hand, you're talking about um, being evolutionary and being a risk taker and being an adventurer and being open to those new ideas and, and following them through, always wanting some kind of development. And then on the other side, we've also talked about what are the questions that can kind of, what do you say, yeah. that you can get behind for a lifetime of exploration. And I think that those two what could be perceived as contradictory ideas um, reflects how I how my thinking has changed, going back to where we started, how my thinking has changed over the last year. And I suspect that one of the reasons why many artists uh, talk about wanting to find their style and say, how can I find my style? And what I was looking for back then equally was something, some kind of certainty, Mm. something to kind of hang your artist apron on. Because when you go into the studio, when you're making art, there are so many unknowns and uncertainty. So you're wanting to bring that number of options down a little bit. And I remember because we would have conversations and you were, you know, talking about evolution and talking about being open to all these ideas. And I was thinking... That's fine for you to say, Michelle, but you know that you're, at that time, I had seen sort of the color work you were doing and the somewhat um, geometric inspired work. So I would, in my mind, I'm like, that's okay for Michelle to say because she knows what her style (laughs) is. She's got these geometric, she's got these colors. So when she goes into the studio and does all this adventuring that she tells me about, it's within a certain container of materials and she knows that she's working with color she's got 
a style that she's exploring, right? That's what I thought at the time. And if I knew what my style was, if I knew what my colours were and what the Mm -hmm. particular elements that I was going to explore, then I too would have a container that would knock out some of those uncertainties. But I feel like I'm going to the studio and it could be literally anything. And what's happened, because as promised, (laughs) of how I think about things now and what I realised when we were talking about at the end of last episode is I've kind of, I guess, come to understand a bit more about that, what the two different ideas that you're talking about when you talk about evolution and also the questions, the ideas that you can get behind. Because what I have now with this kind of, breakthrough in my process and finding my own personalized process, what I've realized is that there is a way, there is a way to go into the studio and not feel like you've got every option in the world laid out in front of you. But to me, it's not by Mm -hmm. having a style in the way that um, most of the world seems to, most of the artists that, that we know seem to talk about having a style. It's not about having the style. It's about having a process that's grounded yes. in who you are. That's the bit that you work out. You work out the questions that interest you. You work out the way that you relate to the world and how you you function as a filter and how art moves through you from the everything yep. that's about you. That's, that's yep. the thing that makes you an artist. And then... What comes out can be all sorts of different styles, but it's okay because it's you. And I know I'm, I feel like I'm just saying the same things yeah, that I've heard no, before, it's, but, <laughs> or, yeah. or, or, or repeating the same things that you said, but it, it feels so different to me because that way, you know, you can be a Damien Hurst. It can, the outputs can look very different each time, but you feel in the studio, you do feel that, of course, there's always risk and uncertainty. But there is something that's grounding you. Yes. You don't feel lost because you have this like process yeah. and this framework which feels very grounded that you know where you're coming from. There's a true north. I mean, I think that's the difference. There there are more there are still risks, there's still uncertainty, and and yet there's this true north that just guides me so it doesn't feel so um s- scary. Like to be certain is not an artist. And I did say this at the end of that episode 27. I've said it to you, Michelle, that that feeling that I had a year ago of feeling in the studio very intensely concerned about where is this going, where is that yep. going, you know, like with those those black marks, always judging things as they come up and going, oh, but does this fit yes. with my idea of where my art is going? Oh, but does this fit my style? It has completely melted away because now I'm like so whenever I think about my process all I think about is is Mm -hmm. doing the process and I can imagine that my outputs from that could can actually like I can list off different forms that it could take um different artistic forms and like with your work you know going more into sculptural things but I feel totally comfortable with that because I know it's all coming yeah. from the same source. So to me, like there is an alternative 
to feeling that kind of groundedness in your studio, which is not based on locking yourself into a specific style. I'm so excited that you're saying those words because what I see happen a lot is people come into my world and usually they have a, this is how I do it right now. And so what you're teaching me, Mm -hmm. Michelle, I need to fit that into what I already have as opposed to just being really open to reinventing all of it from the ground up it it's it can be challenging and that's the thing you got to take you got to take that creative leap i think to get the creative you know rewards and i've resisted this oh i've so fiercely (laughs) resisted this in the past but i have really come to see that you do need to be willing to actually let go of everything you have to be willing to let go of everything in order to have the freedom to discover what yes what you really want i know your misadventure and you're like i love doing that in the studio every day <laughs> to me that can be a terrifying proposition and i know it can you know for lots of reasons um people say oh but i've you know you've worked up to a certain point mm-hmm. you put a lot of effort yep. to get to that point so it can be terrifying to think i need to let go i didn't say you have to let yeah. go of everything you have to be willing to let go of everything in order to be able to find what you want to keep and and new things. I would agree. And the thing is when you when you just kind of let go of what it could be there is this I don't know if promise is the right right word but if you really just tune into who you are there is a promise that you can come up with something. Like when you let go and the fear of letting go it's this, it's kind of with this belief that nothing's like there's nothing that's not true. When you let go, there's tons of stuff. But if there's no space for it to come up, mm-hmm. and you've got it all full with stuff that doesn't mean anything. Yeah, and it's still it's a process I still practice definitely. In this conversation, I think we pushed really wide and deep into the idea of looking for or having your own art style, and what that can actually look like. We hope you found it thought-provoking and would love to chat with you about it on our Instagram at unearthingart. As usual, you'll find the links we mentioned, including the Origin Art program, in the show notes. Thanks for listening and catch you next time.